gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When John the Baptist heard in prison that the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. You will prepare your way before, he will who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of woman, no one has risen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I want to begin this uh, homily sort of uh, backwards. We'll see how that works. A story I'm about to tell you, which um, I've done just a very little bit of editing to make it a little bit easier for the hearer, <laughs> is a story written by Corey Ten Boone, the author of The Hiding Place. Corey Ten Boone, for those of you who are familiar, know that she was survivor of uh, a concentration camp. She and her father and family were in the Netherlands, and they began to uh, put people in their home to hide them from the Nazis. She and her whole family would be arrested and put into a concentration camp because of the resistance work that she was doing. A number of the members of her family would be killed. So she tells this story after she has been released, after the war is over. It was in a church in Munich that I saw him, a balding, heavy-set man in a gray overcoat, a brown felt hat clutched between his hands. 
People were filing out of the basement room where I had just spoken. It was 1947, and I had come from Holland to a defeated Germany with this message, God forgives. When we confess our sins, I had said, God casts them into the deepest ocean, gone forever. As I stood there, facing this man, one moment I saw the overcoat and the brown hat. The next, something happened and it was the blue uniform and a visored cap with its swastika. It came back to me with a rush. That huge room with its harsh overhead lights, the pile of dresses and shoes in the center of the floor. My shame, Tin Boone writes, of being forced to walk naked past this man. Yes, naked. For a moment there outside this space where I had been teaching, I was back in that room. The same man that had seen me naked then stood in front of me now. The place was Ravensbrook, and the man walking toward me had been a guard, one of the most cruel of them all. Then and now were all smashed together in my head for that moment. It was in the present, though, that I saw a hand shoved out toward me. A fine message, Fraulein. How good it is to know that, as you say, our sins are at the bottom of the sea. You mentioned Ravensbrook. In your talk, I was a guard there, but since that time, I have become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things that I did there, but I would like to hear it from your lips as well, Fraulein. Again, the hand came out to me. Will you forgive me? Corrigan Boone says, I stood there. I know that sins needed to be forgiven again and again. My own sins need to be forgiven again and again. I couldn't do this. I don't know how long we stood there. It might have only been seconds with that hand held out, but to me it seemed like hours. So I wrestled with the most difficult thing that I had ever had to do. For I had to do it. I knew that. The message that God forgives has a prior condition, that we forgive those who have injured us. If you do not forgive others of their trespasses, Jesus has told us, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. I knew this not only as a commandment of God, but as a daily experience. Since the end of World War II, she says, 
I have established a home in Holland for the victims of the Nazis' brutality. Those who are able to forgive their former enemies were able to return to the outside world and rebuild their lives, no matter what the physical scars. But those who nursed their bitterness remained invalids. It was as simple and as horrible as that. And I stood there with coldness clutching my heart. But forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that too. Forgiveness is an act of will. And the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. She says, I said, Jesus, help me. I can lift my hand out to him I can do that much just supply the feeling and so woodenly mechanically I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me and as I did an incredible thing happened the current started in my shoulder raced down my arm and sprang into our joined hands and then this healing warmth seemed to flow, to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried with all my heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard, the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. But even so, I realized that it was not my love. I had tried and did not have the power. It was the power of the Holy Spirit being channeled through me that caused this miracle to happen. What happened to Carrie Ten Boom that day? It occurs to me that as we look back 74 years ago, or 72 years ago, what's going on is what we just read about in the gospel. Carrie Ten Boom was the incarnation of what John the Baptist and Jesus were talking about. What happened in that moment, in that hand-clasping moment of prisoner and guard? Did not the blind receive their sight? Did not the two lame walk? Did not the deaf hear each other in the language of the Spirit? The prisoner and the guard only embraced because the Christ was there 
the Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit. What we learn from this is the kingdom of God comes in unexpected places. John came to prepare the way. It can be said that part of the way, all of our ways, is doubt. Carrie Ten Boone doubted that she could find in herself ability to forgive such a horrendous affront as this man had shown her, demanding that she strip, put her dress and her shoes in the middle of the room and then walk across that room. A young woman, naked. Mean and cruel was the guard. Gentle and present was the spirit. Doubt happens. It happens to all of us. We can't keep it out. It comes in. With darkness there is doubt. With life there is doubt. There was doubt from John. Mary doubted. What we heard this morning, her song of acceptance, was not the first thing she said. She questioned, how can I, a maiden, have a child? Doubt, despair, darkness, hope, even joy are all mixed into our life in Christ. That's part of the complex nature of our humanity. It's also the nature of our God, that God blesses our journey by standing with us in places we might not want to think God is present. I don't know about you, but sometimes my inner darkness seems so ugly that I don't believe I want God to see it. But God knows us. God knows that peace comes from replacing the anger in our hearts and that doubt and darkness can cause with the love of God. John found himself in prison, not because he'd done anything bad, because he'd done exactly what God asked of him to prepare the way. He went to Herod. He told Herod, no, you may not be with your brother's wife. No, that is sin. It's a sin against God. And while I'm at it, let me tell you about some of the other sins you've been doing. And he told him about them. He, John, knew them. The way he had treated others. The way John the Baptist had treated people around him. He was a wretched ruler. John was preparing the way, but what part of the way he was preparing was he was still in himself thinking that Jesus was going to come and take the axe to people like Herod to fix it all now, 
to make sure that everything's right side up. Get rid of all these people. Turn over the government. Fix it. Fix it now. This is what I'm preparing the world for. And so John did his part. And Herod did his part. He threw John in jail. There's an interesting side story that we can't really go into except to say Herod liked John the Baptist. He enjoyed having a debate with him. He liked talking back and forth with him. He really wanted to protect him. But Herodias, his wife, demanded that he go to prison. And he did. So there's John. And then we're given this moment when John says, as he looks around and sees the bars and this dank and damp place in his life, that is no longer this strong man saying, prepare the way. His heart is in darkness. Is he the one? Did I miss it? Is he the one, or are we supposed to look for somebody else? I don't see him taking care of the situation. I don't see him doing all these things that I thought he was going to do. I must, did I miss it? Jesus, what does he say? Jesus said, go and tell John what you see happening. The lame walk, the deaf hear, the poor cared for. Look around you. I'm doing it, John. You are preparing the way, and this is the way. It's the way that prepared the way for Carrie Ben Boone and the guard to reach out to each other and for a miracle to happen. How many miracles have you had in your life when you've been able to forgive what you never thought you could forgive? When you have found a part of you healed that you didn't believe could ever be healed? Where your darkness and despair was going down the tube and somehow, some way, you were lifted up, and there was a new day and a new way. And funny thing it was, you looked around and you saw that God had been in the darkness with you, and you hadn't even realized it. So on this third Sunday, we are the people who also doubt. That's okay. But we are called to be the people who remember. To remember. We're not in this alone. We're not in this alone. And whether the sun is shining in our lives like it is today, or if it was like some days this week where it got dark, it seemed like by 3 o'clock. God's both places. 
holding our hand, walking the walk, being with us. My good friends in Christ, be a witness. Be a witness. Lose your fear and tell somebody about what you've seen Christ do. Share the story. And you know what happens? When we share that story, we are revived too because we remember. You don't have to be a big talker to say, God was with me when I was in that mess. I know God was there. I couldn't have gotten through it. God is with us. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. It was true for John's answer from Jesus, and it's true for us too. Enjoy. Enjoy this moment. Have joy in your heart. Emmanuel is here. Amen.